This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing, trailblazing event, a big virtual climb sponsored by Abvi to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cell cancer cures and in first-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 1762 steps, counting guys, inside or outside on stairs, on the road or on your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us at the opening ceremony and take your climb with our heart pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. All right. It's a good cause. We love good causes here. Good show today. Got Ricky Carpinello coming on, um, you know, and the ri- hockey might be coming back. So let's go ahead and uh, get started here, shall we? Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Bushwick Welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, also of The Athletic, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Yeah. Yep. We're back. Mm-hmm. It's another week, and we are sure doing a podcast. Sometimes uh, Diana asks me, it's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, I don't know. It's Monday. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> it's a half for every single week of my life, seemingly. So that's where we're at. Uh, did you hear? I'm just, just going to remind you that this was all your idea. You yeah. came to me, not the other way around. That's true. I, do you forgive me? You could be honest. Um, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. You're on the fence. That's okay. I'm on the fence. Yeah. Um, hockey might come back. That's pretty interesting. We've been talking about the potential, the actual potential that hockey could have come back and the 2014 playoff. But supposedly it is proposed at this point. The bracket is set. And uh, there, there was a little bit of drama that did, did go down over the week. Uh, two teams voted no, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, conveniently, the Carolina Hurricanes play, and you won't believe this, the New York Rangers in the first round, which, if correct me if I'm wrong, would be a best-of-three series. Uh, the Rangers are 4-0 against the Carolina Hurricanes this year, meaning they've kicked their ass, uh, no matter who was in goal, especially if it's Henrik Lundqvist. Uh and what's even weirder today is there, I forget who it was, it was Macedon, I forgot the name, sorry. Uh, today was, came out and they were like, we thought the playoff system was unfair. I thought when the vote went down originally, hey, the Carolina Hurricanes, they they're, they just don't feel safe. They don't want to play during a pandemic, they don't want to go through this whole thing. But no, it was legitimately about the playoff structure, not, not if they wanted to play or not. Did that surprise you at all? No, it was Jordan Martinuke for the, for the record. Thank you. Uh, because he's the team's player rep. No, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. I think the lightning is a little bit more surprising, but their reasoning makes sense when you hear it. Uh, the Hurricanes got fucked. I think the Hurricanes got fucked more than just about any other team that had a shot at the playoffs. If they wanted to start the playoffs, just the top eight teams in each conference, the Rangers have no complaints. They weren't good enough the first 72 games of the year. They didn't earn a spot in the playoffs. The Hurricanes did. Uh, it would have been a hard task for the Hurricanes to advance past the first round, regardless of who their opponent is. But now they're basically going from a position of, well, at least we made the playoffs and anything is possible to now you have to play the New York Rangers for a chance to make the traditional playoffs. And by the way, you suck against the New York Rangers. 0-4 against the Rangers this year. Henrik Lundqvist has lifetime ownership over the entire franchise uh the rangers if the hurricane if the rangers were to make the playoffs and play the hurricanes when the season paused they wouldn't have had most likely chris Kreider. now they're going to have a fully healthy chris Kreider. absolutely i the the, Hur- the hurricanes the hurricanes more than any other team in my opinion got screwed where i've been making fun of the pittsburgh penguins because they're afraid of carrie price that's ridiculous. because that's just hilarious the hurricanes i think have a legitimate gripe i i think it's fair for them to be upset by this playoff structure I think I, I saw, was it Evolving Wild that tweeted it? But they really only have, like, two points more than a team that is, like, 10, 10 spots below them on the standings. They did get screwed, 100%. There's not 
There's no doubt about that. And playing the Rangers in the first round, a team that has traditionally owned you for years. Like, uh, is there any any other team you feel more confident about playing other than the Hurricanes? I was thinking about this. Like, as a Ranger fan, like, who would I... Is there a team I'd rather play in the playoffs? I don't think so. Like, I, I, I mean, I the in my mind, the Rangers would shellac the Islanders and it wouldn't be all that close. Um, I would feel... Good if the Rangers were playing the Canadians like anyone should because the Canadians are bad. Right. I would feel pretty good about them playing the Panthers too. I, I The Hurricanes would probably be in my top three list of teams I'd want the Rangers to face just because the Rangers have a track record of beating them. And again, the Rangers swept the season series with the uh, Hurricanes this year. Like I'm not trying to say that the, Hurric- the Rangers have owned the Hurricanes for 10 years. If you want to just use this one season – the New York Rangers owned the Carolina Hurricanes. It is no other way to describe it. Um, yeah, it's it's it sucks for the Hurricanes. It's fortunate for the Rangers that they draw onto this opponent. I saw the odds when they were released that the Rangers, I think, were uh, plus like plus one fifty. Yeah. No, no, not oh, not to, in, to not in last July to win the cup. I don't care about those odds. Right. I'm talking about this specific playoff series. The Rangers were a slight dog and. If there is a, if there's ever a way for me to gamble on this series legally here in the state of New York, I would put cabbage on the Rangers to beat the Hurricanes in this playoff round. Yeah, I think that's smart money, right? Like that's just we've seen it, and, and it comes down to an interesting question. Which, uh, if this does theoretically happen, it seems like we're going to get hockey again, Greg, and we will have something to cover this summer, um, which will be a weird turn of events, I would say. But it, it, the question that we, we will cover when the time comes is who should start in goalie? And I know that's like such a trivial question at this point in time, but it's something we will end up talking about is will Henrik Lundqvist or will Igor, star, Igor start? In my heart of hearts, Igor starts every single time. But if you're playing the Hurricanes, Henrik Lundqvist has owned him for years. How do you not do it? It's a, it's a very intriguing question and something we'll be talking about uh, at length. And maybe something we'll even ask Rick when he comes on today. I don't think I don't think it's all that intriguing. You play your best goalie, and right now the Rangers' best goalie is Igor Shosturkin. I think that's it. You let Hank back him up. If Igor struggles in Game One, and you want to go to Hank in Game Two, fine, so be it. Right. But I, I don't I don't think it's a hard question to ponder. I think you go with your best guy, and I think Igor has proven to be the best guy right now. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, he'll be fully recovered from his rib injury at this point. I mean, Buchnevich will be back. All the Rangers will be healthy. Uh, As you assume, you saw that uh, there will be special privileges for players to come back to the United States, which is the least surprising news story I've ever read in my life. It's just stupid. It's It's just stupid. It is. It's not that hard to just say the players... Sure, if you want to lift travel restrictions for these guys to get them back in the States, that's one thing. But not to have it so that when the players come back before any games or training camps start, you require two weeks of isolation. It's not that hard. That's all you have to do. Just say, all right. So that, for example, the NHL wants to start phase two, the beginning of June. So next week, we don't have a firm date on it yet, which is involuntary, not, not involuntary, voluntary training ice time with six people or less and no coaches. Fine. If you want to open phase two, that should also be, European and foreign-born hockey players have to come back to the United States. And when phase two starts, so does their isolation. And you just do it for two weeks because phase three isn't going to start two weeks after phase two starts anyway. So you can get these isolations and quarantines out of the way. You can test these guys when they immediately come back. You can figure out who has it, who doesn't, and you just clear the system, start fresh after that. But no, we're the United States of America. We can't do it with any kind of sense or logic. So we're just going to be like, fuck it. You want to come back? Just come back. What's the worst that could happen? Just do it. No big deal. Just pandemic. Easy. You know what? The the, the most concerning thing about this, and I saw Adam uh, tweet about this, was uh, it's self-reporting your temperature? I think that's a little strange. Like, no, coach, I'm fine. It it is and it isn't. I, I don't think necessarily... A buddy of mine who I actually saw for the first time since this all started, I went over to his place to watch horse racing on Saturday. It was three of us in a house and we all sat on separate couches. I don't want to hear anything from anybody. We were all very safe. Uh, he works at a bank though. Honestly, dude, Ocean, and, Ocean City was like back ass to ass on the boardwalk this yeah, weekend. You're good, buddy. Yeah, I, I think so too. But he works at a bank and 
it, the bank requires him to take his temperature before he comes to work every day because I made, I made a crack. I went to take a leak in his bathroom and I noticed a, a thermometer mm-hmm. on his sink. And I was like, buddy, how sick are you getting that you have to take your own temperature? He's like, no, man, I literally have to do that every day before I go to work. Otherwise, they tell me I can't come to work for X amount of days. I was like, oh, didn't even think of that. Um, when it, we were it's tough. When we were going I, I, to the because, ER last week, they 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 have the we were we went to the wrong building and even as we were walking through the building, they scanned our forehead for for fevers. Like it's just yeah, something they're doing. I think that's that's just going to be commonplace. It's tough because you would hope that all players would understand and most it seems do understand the seriousness of the virus, right? Because mm-hmm. we've talked about just basic player safety protocols, whether these guys should even be coming back, whether these guys should be prioritized for testing, all of this stuff. We've, we've seen players talk about how important it is for there to be safety protocols in place for them. So you would think with the players pushing for heightened safety protocols that they would be proactive and smart to self-test in a way, not, not give themselves their own coronavirus test, but do the basic things, right? Like washing their hands, like taking a temperature check, reporting symptoms if they have them, uh, reporting a family member's symptoms if the family member has them. You would assume that all the players would follow those rules because they're pushing for them. But to Adam's point, I would be lying if I sat here and said that I would expect 100% of hockey players to say they have a sore throat or elevated temperatures if the playoffs if it was a game seven and someone had to report a symptom there's no way there's just there it's not that right it's not that i'm saying all players would deny symptoms i think that's unfair but all it takes is one player to deny symptoms and that's the problem so it's and you know what actually i would hate the most about that and just thinking about this now let's just say for example let's use somebody that's that's really liked like chris Kreider, right Chris Kreider is a pretty universally loved in, in Ranger fandom. I don't, I don't hear a lot of bashing for Chris Kreider. Let's say it's Game 7. We're going against uh, the Lightning. For some reason, somehow we got that far. Cool. So now we're in the Lightning Game 7, and Chris Kreider gets a sore throat or has a fever. And he reports it. Does the fan base start ripping Chris Kreider? Like, you better... You can't do that. Like, that... Like, Chris can't play. He's legitimately sick. He's going to endanger other people. He can't play Game 7. You have to deal, and we can't we can't sit here and be like, "What if Chris didn't have this?" Or like, "Oh wow, I can't believe Chris got it." Like this guy's a piece of shit. Like that can't happen. Like we can't. I know there's going to be people that do that, and those people are scum. And I hate you already. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I would assume again. I would like to assume all players would report their symptoms, and it's just, it's not even to say that if you have those symptoms, you you're definitely sick with the coronavirus. That. It's not, we know that's not the case, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. And it's an awkward situation. You're putting these players in to self-report like that at the same time, you know, we're all expecting everyone to self-report everything. It's not just supposed to be hockey players. It's supposed to be all of us doing these kind of things. If we're feeling under the weather, or if we have symptoms to reach out and get yourself tested, however reasonably, that can be accomplished. Right. So it's it's not like we should be holding professional athletes to a bigger standard. It just sucks that professional sports is an environment that doesn't encourage but doesn't discourage the concealing of certain medical issues, right? Right. Like it's if you got a sore if you got I mean shit, dude. Look at the fucking last dance, right? Scottie Pippen could barely walk in game seven or game six against the Utah Jazz. That sure, that's more physical, but he got shit for when he had a migraine and couldn't play in the playoffs from Michael Jordan. So, like, if it's, I don't know, it's machismo, right? It's just anytime anything's wrong with you, you're supposed to play through it because that's what you do. You're you're an athlete. I, it, it's putting, it's going to put guys in an awkward situation. And the league should be looking for ways to limit those kind of awkward situations. The same thing with concussions. Take it out of the players' hands to self-report. The reason why we have spotters in the league is because we don't trust players to say how hurt they are. It, 
I don't know. It sucks. You play through everything. I, I, it's that I, toughness, I, toughness culture. And I just hope that toughness culture doesn't get in the way when it's COVID. Yeah, I I pray that everyone does the right thing. But at the same time, sitting here talking to you, it seems unreasonable to expect 100% of it to be followed. And if it is followed, I'd happily eat these words. It would be my highest honor to eat crow and say that everyone who had a symptom reported this injury. I I am skeptical. I, I think that's fair to say. I think so too. Um I guess that's all I have for today on this uh, on, the, on these old topics. Any other uh, re- news I missed? I don't think so. Really, nothing. I forgot. I forgot that uh, when the Rangers come back, Brendan Lemieux is suspended. Yeah, someone messaged I me that today. Forgot. Yeah, I was gonna ask yeah. Rick that. Someone messaged so, me. I completely forgot. Uh, let's let me give you some credit. Uh, Cholden Sam messaged me, and he was like, "Hey." Quick question: Would Brendan Lemieux still be suspended if the NHL comes back? And I was like, "Shit, that's a good one." I don't know. I, I would, I would say yes, right? Like he has to be still suspended. No, it, there's no question he will be suspended. The question is, and Larry it? Brooks pointed this out. No, it it will never be deferred. It's just the NHL rules that like one playoff game equals two regular season games. Mm. So the question is, will he serve two games or will he serve one game? That's basically what it is. Got but me. there's no question whatsoever that Brendan Lemieux is going to be suspended because he's an idiot and he did an idiotic thing during the Colorado Avalanche game back in March. Awesome. I can't even remember what he did. It was a dirty hit, right? Yeah. He, he, he elbowed someone high. Yeah. Like late, sense. late in the game too. So it, it, there were like three minutes left and Lemieux unnecessarily elbowed someone got sent to the box. It's a miracle. The Rangers sent that game to overtime because Brendan Lemieux tried it's, everything. It's in his power that to make you sure were there. Every time I think yeah. about it, it, it's so fucking, like, weird. It's funny slash weird. Like, you were at the COVID game. That was it. <laughs> it's, it. I remember I was literally walking into the Pepsi Center, whatever the hell Denver is named that arena, uh, as the Rudy Gobert news was breaking. I was talking, walking from dinner to the stadium. My brother and I, my brother-in-law and I were talking about how Trump had just issued the 30 day travel ban mm-hmm. to Europe. And we were, t- and it started the conversation of, I wonder if they're going to shut down all air traffic. Do I need to go home early? Blah, blah, blah. Because I was supposed to be in Denver. That was a Wednesday. I was supposed to be there until Sunday. Yep. Um, and we were having that conversation and literally walking to security. The tweet from Woj went out that Rudy Gobert tested positive in the NBA, mm-hmm. canceled all <laughs> games and was suspending the season. As I was going up an escalator to my seat. Yes. And uh, yeah, probably should have just went home then, but I didn't. I did leave Denver early. I I'm, ha- I'm happy you were there, to be honest. I think it's a, a historic moment and you didn't get sick and, you know, thank God for that. But it's a, a very strange part in, in sports history that you partook in. And it's kind of cool in a weird way. No? You don't like it's it? Cra- it's, just cra- okay. it's just crazy. No, sorry. I... Uh, as we talk, I'm also Rick is dropping on us that he actually has a computer mic now. So I'm trying to what? figure out if he, I know it, a lot of things are going on all at once. So I'm trying to did this, did Rick figure out how, like how the keyboard works? Does he know what the I, enter key is? That's... Well, I hit him with the uh, if I sent him our phone number and he said so. Just phone, not Skype or anything, right? And I said, calling. I you've always called. Do you have a home mic set up? And he just goes, huh? So it might be a minute. Gotta okay. love that man. Gotta love. Gotta love that man. All right, so I'll do some questions uh, for five star questions while you do some of this, and I can answer the first one by myself. That's okay. Oh no, I'm, I can. It, it's for me, so you. it's all right. Um, Fantastic. Yes, uh, five star questions. You want to leave them for the show? You can go ahead and go to iTunes, leave a five star review, and we will answer them on the show. We do every single week. This is for from uh, Rangers Forever. Uh, hey guys, I think the music question. Uh, this is a music question, so buckle up, Ryan. Well, so we riffed about Jeff Rosenstock on Twitter before, so I got to ask your thoughts on his new album, No Dream. Also, the fact that Jeff Rose released back-to-back album, solo albums out of the blue without any publicity. I feel like releasing his last album, Post, with no warning was cool, but I was blindsided by this one. As always, thanks for everything y'all do. Love the pod. I am a gigantic Jeff Rosenstock uh, stan. Uh, Worry is my second favorite album of all time. I've seen Jeff Rosenstock live, I think, ten times now. It's some. Uh, I can't wait to see him live again in five years. It's going to be fucking awesome uh, when concert venues are back open and I'm allowed to be next to people. Uh, both albums are incredible. Uh, no Dream is... I don't think it's better than Worry, but it's it's up there. 
And for him releasing uh, two albums back-to-back out of the blue, he did have a big plan uh, for this album. Uh, you know, like a world tour and like a bunch of marketing and stuff like that. But then the pandemic hit, so kind of just released it and said, fuck it. He's kind of that DIY kind of way anyway. Um, next question. Uh, this is from Sean Carlson 89 This is one for you, uh, Gregory. Um, if I opened a Rangers bar, do you think the name Uncle Daddy's is a good or petty or both? It's a tough name for a bar. It's tough. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what your uh, clientele is looks like for a bar named Uncle Daddy. It's really niche. It's really niche. Niche. Yeah, niche. I, I envision a lot of balding men in their mid to late forties. Yeah, you're, you're gonna want the younger crowd, and like it's fun. You know, if you did like a like a a one night theme bar, Uncle Daddy's, which might be you know something that happens in the future. Like no, I wouldn't even want an Uncle Daddy's night, like. Isn't that kind of ce- celebrating him reason- more than it is hating him? Almost? No, it, the reason why Uncle Daddy is perfect is because it's fucking gross. It's also like, tr- it's true. That's it's the weirdest true, part. But it's also fucking gross. Yeah. That's why it's so funny. I wouldn't want to name anything Uncle Daddy except Martin Brodeur, yeah. which is why I don't name anything Uncle Daddy. Like, it's not call her Uncle Daddy. <laughs> it's, it's, by the way, I know way too much about that shit than I've ever wanted to know in my entire life. I actually know a exactly, lot, too. Yes. I've listened to zero minutes of call her daddy. Same. But because apparently nothing else was happening in the world for the last week, I know from start to finish all the shit that's happened on that podcast. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Like, I don't, I've never listened to an episode, but I know, like, their iTunes ranks over the years, exactly how much they get paid, all the drama, the split. It's ridiculous. I just I felt I felt excluded. I just wanted to know what the fuck was happening. Yeah, because every other it's tweet like, was like talking about Suitman. Yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy. overplayed his hand. <laughs> he, he overplayed his hand big time. I don't blame him, uh, but not having both of them on board backfired big time. That's a big one. Big time. That's a big one. Uh, this next question is from Lindy's Ruff, a frequent commenter on the five star questions. Are we completely convinced that the Rangers are going to are go, aren't going to take yet another dice roll on Brett Howden as a third line center? Well, that's an interesting question. They seem to never give up on the kid, and I could see it happening. This is actually a pretty good off season question. I, I I think they might do it again. I I really do. I mean, they love Brett Howden. They stopped favoring him towards the end of the year. I'm I'm curious if they just thought he was tired and stuff like that. But I think there's a chance you you. You start next year or even the playoffs, you definitely uh, – with Brett Howden is – no, he won't be at the playoffs because Ryan Strom's going to be around still. But I, I think next year if, with the loss of Ryan Strom, if they can't find somebody, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't shock me. What, if Brett Howden was moved back to 3C? Yeah. I missed the question. I'm yeah, sorry. If, if Brett Howden was 3C next year. Uh, it'd be bad. I, it, would, it would either show that the Rangers didn't have a plan to address their dearth of – NHL quality Dirt, centers nice. currently on the NHL roster. Uh-huh. Um, or it shows, again, a lack of player evaluation. That should be more concerning than anything else. Right. That the New York Rangers feel like, no, no, Brett Haddon will finally figure it out now. As opposed to just understanding that either if you want him playing on the third line, it can't be mm-hmm. at center. Or if you want him playing center, it can't be on the third line. It has to be on your fourth line. And in very limited sheltered minutes. So... If Brett Howden was the 3C, I'd be more concerned about how the Rangers are evaluating players than I would be about Brett Howden actually being the 3C. Next question is from DC from Long Island. Hey, fellas. Love the podcast. Thank you. Uh, the question, the title from this is COVID Cup is stupid, COVID Cup is stupid to say. I want to get your thoughts on what I've seen on Trend Online from fans' reactions to the NHLPA agreeing to the 2014 t- format. Uh, there are those calling it the COVID Cup and claiming the winner will have an asterisk next to their name. Personally, I think it's ridiculous. You could see it both ways. You can't. You can't have it both ways. You can. Uh, you know that thing when you like type in uh, uh, some sort of format or like in in iTunes and it gives like an ampersand and like a bunch of other letterings when it's trying to. Uh, uh, never mind. You can't say how uh, it's. It's really weird to read this. You can't say now the winner of the cup is this year has an asterisk if they're going to change the tune as soon as they win it. Uh, he's pretty much saying like how how do we how should we interpret this like uh, either the playoffs count or they don't. Like, what, I mean, should, the, should we the care playoffs count. It's just it, it's going to have an asterisk. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else you want. The season got interrupted yep. for multiple months. We don't even know when it's coming back yet. We've completely changed the playoff format for no other reason than because the season got interrupted. Um, it's 
it's going to be different. It's not like a lockout. When the lockout happened, the season was shorter, but it was still the NHL season. Those, the playoffs system didn't change. We didn't allow more teams to enter the playoffs. It's just exactly this season will be different. It'll be different for the only season that might not be different again is baseball because if they don't touch the playoffs or even basketball, if you don't touch the playoffs, then I don't think you can say there's an asterisk. No, actually, I'm lying. I've made I'm going off against my original point. The season got interrupted. That's the asterisk. It doesn't matter anything that happens after that. You change the stakes because you had to change the stakes. Everything changed. Guys who would have been guys who would have missed the playoffs are now available because the season stopped. Teams that weren't going to make the playoffs made the playoffs because the season stopped. The NHL lottery system is different because the season stopped. We're going to determine who actually is the number one seed in each conference differently because the season stopped. Like, it doesn't matter if the New York Rangers win or lose. If the Rangers win, great. It's an asterisk. If the Rangers lose, great. It's an asterisk. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's simple. I will be happy if the Rangers win. Same. I will be fine if the Rangers end early. It doesn't change the fact that this year has an asterisk because something called the coronavirus shut down the NHL in mid-March, and we are sitting here on May 25th, and the NHL hasn't come back yet. There you go. There's your asterisk. Yeah, no matter what happens, there's going to be an asterisk this year. Um, I said about this week, if the Rangers win, I would get an asterisk tag too. Like, it would be awesome if the Rangers won. It would make – I would still love it. Would it be as awesome if the Rangers won when there was no corona? No! If there was no fucking pandemic and the Rangers won a cup, you know how crazy I would go? I would, I would like, lose my goddamn job. That would just be it. I would be celebrating for so long. I would be to, in the Canyon to be, Heroes. To be fair, your, didn't your job got, get taken away from you in the first place? I am uh, still employed somehow. It is a Incredible. very a very strange time. I could be unemployed next week. Maybe not. I don't know. I really don't. It's a week-to-week basis. I, I don't have any clue. Um, We'll see. Well, the good news is... Job market wide open. Yeah, really. There's a lot. There's nobody out there looking for jobs right now. That's the nobody. Good news. Can't think of a can't think of a one. Yeah. Uh, I, last question is from uh, Xheed. Hi guys. Uh, I think I said that wrong. That's not a surprise. Hey guys, I'm listening to the podcast every single week. Thanks. Uh, I have a few questions for you guys. I've seen Ranger fans saying crazy things about David Quinn and saying he should be a coach of the year, a finalist coach of the year. What are your thoughts? In my opinion, he's nothing special. I think Quinn's um, fine. I don't think he's coach of the year. I think he did a great job with a roster that wasn't amazing. and But he did have a heart, like, in, in statistical and analytical ways, the heart winner, Artemi Panarin. And he did a good job with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zvinijad taking a next step. And, of course, his managing of Igor. Like, I thought he did a pretty good job. I don't think he's the finalist. But if I learned anything from when Tony and Ryan came on, they said, first name basis, by the way, um, they, they said, like, 50% of the battle is getting wanting to play for somebody. And Quinn obviously gets that out of his players. And I think that's really important. It It's tough because I think the New York Rangers accomplished everything I thought they were going to accomplish this year. I think if you go back to our last summer's podcast after we signed Artemi Panarin, I was pretty, con- pretty consistent saying the New York Rangers are going to be good enough to threaten for a playoff spot but not make the playoffs. Pretty which much what they did. They finished – there they finished two points out and 10th in the east that's called not good enough to make the playoffs but interesting the entire way they were definitely better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year um the question you have to ask yourself is all right how much credit does david quinn personally deserve for that i mean some it's it's not all some of it was circumstantial right lever hayek gets hurt which takes him out of the lineup which forces Ryan Lindgren into the lineup and Ryan Lindgren pairs seemingly well with Adam Fox, which helps the defense play better. Uh, Hayek also coming out of the lineup meant Jacob Truba got a new defensive partner, which was Brady Shea until he got traded and Truba was playing better with Brady Shea than he was with Lieber Hayek. That stuff is like circumstantial. It's, it's not exactly, we don't know if David Quinn would have gotten there by himself, but you can't, blame him for getting there even if it was out of his hands um Quinn for all the line juggling he did ended up being pretty consistent with the top line which 
Was, oh, oh, look at that. Rick's on. Rick is Rick, I was, t- I was telling you not to jump out until I told you we were ready. <laughs> it's okay. We'll just cut it out. Anyway, anyway, let's transition to Rick. Transition. Okay, this week's advertiser, Hawthorne. Hawthorne was awesome enough to send me some of their products. They, I mean, listen, guys, I, I suck at cologne. You can imagine how bad I smell. Like, it's terrible. So, and smelling good is important. And Hawthorne smells really good. And it's not just cologne that they have. Uh, they sent me, actually, like, a, a gigantic bar of soap. They sent me some shampoo. Uh, and... When I went online to do the whole experience, pretty much just here's what happens. You go online, uh, you they ask you some questions like what type, well, you know, what's your skin? Are you oily? Are you uh, dry? Oh, what's your hair like? Is it curly? Is it straight? What what's your lifestyle like? What what do you like to do? And then they they customize your soap, your shampoo, your lotion, your cologne, and they set it up on a subscription where. Once it's, once you're done, they figure out how long it's going to take you to actually use the product. And then when you're done, they ship you a new one. It's awesome. Uh, I got to tell you, the product I, the, the soap I received is pretty mint. I'm pretty happy with it so far. So listen, it's a quick two minute quiz on Hawthorne tells you two colognes or other products that are best for you. One works for one, one for work, one for play, etc. It's totally risk free, free shipping and free returns. So check out Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code BSB, super easy, three letters, BSB, to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code BSB to get 10% off your purchase, Hawthorne.co. I'm sure I'll have some character for Hawthorne in the future. Excited to bring it out. Back to show and Ricky Carpinello. Okay, Rick, you're on live with us. (laughs) Nice. Nice. What's going on, Rick? I'm I'm so happy to be with my two favorite athletic... Co-workers. <laughs> oh, Ricky, you fired I'm telling, me. I'm telling, I'm telling Shana you said that. <laughs> well, Shana, Shana's in a different class. That's true. Fair. Let's let's Fair. let's be honest. Rick, how you been, buddy? Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing, you know, all things considered, doing pretty well. How about you guys? Uh, I had COVID and went to the emergency room last week, so you know I'm doing pretty good. Really? Yeah, swear to God. Did you really? Yeah, I actually oh, did. God. <laughs> um, oh, God. They did an ultrasound on my balls. It was a very interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> they, I have ball torsion. It's okay. Everyone letting everyone know. But uh, yes. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, for serious. Uh, I did have it. Wife got confirmed. I got confirmed. Uh, and uh, getting an antibody test. And uh, it kicked my ass for a couple weeks. I'm starting to recover uh, now. Uh, I had some GI issues and all that stuff. So, But right, important thing, Rick, never missed a podcast. Just saying. <laughs> Thanks. Puff it out, man. Thanks, buddy. Put a bandaid on it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Uh, that's why we're playing yeah. hockey again. And that's why we brought you yeah, on. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we even start Let's with this? Do it. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, what have you heard, if anything, uh, from a Rangers pers- perspective about the league restarting? Well, you know, there's still so much unknown. Mm-hmm. Right? There's tremendous unknown. They don't even know yet how they're going to do the lottery, uh, when they're going to do the draft, you know, things like that. It's not even 100% that uh, there will be brackets. So, you know, there's so much unknown still. Um, and, and not to mention date and site, which is kind of important. Yes. Um, so, yeah, where are you going to so, play? You know, we'll, yeah, where are they going to play? Yeah, when are they going to start? And, and so, the, you know, today's announcements of all of the you know, original initial protocols was a was a good step. Um, and the step, so was the step last week of the, or this past week of the Players Union voting for the 2014 tournament. Um, but there's still a ton of unknown. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I did a story this week about the the one the one other unknown is that <laughs> if they're gonna play Carolina, are they gonna play Lundquist? Which <laughs> really is a a pretty cool can of worms here um, that that has to be opened. Um, so yeah, you know, but what I'm hearing from them is we don't know honestly. We honestly don't know yet what's gonna happen and how and when and where. So uh, a lot of questions still. Do you think it's kind Rick, of before, insane that they figured out the playoff system without figuring out the lottery? Because that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think they're waiting. I think they're expecting that no matter what way they go with that thing, people are going to freak out, and and you know, there's going to be large problems. Um, and, you know, the, the teams that don't make the play-in, uh, if they don't get it, if they don't get their own lottery, they're going to be. I can't imagine how pissed off I'll be. Like I would be. I'm, you know, I'm not allowed. I'm not one of the 24 teams that's going to play. I'm not allowed to play any more games after March 12th. And I'm not. We're not in a lottery by ourselves with these other six teams. Um, I'd be ticked off as hell. 
And then, you know, if I get into a lottery with 15 teams and one of the teams that had to play in gets one gets the number one pick, I'm really ticked off. So, uh, you know, and fans are going to freak out. Uh, the, the, the GMs will not be happy in any regard. Uh, it's, it, it, there's a lot of stuff to be figured out here, as I said. And sorry I keep saying that, but it, that's just, just the damn truth is, you know, when they make these announcements, how the heck are they going to make, how are you going to, make everybody reasonably happy uh, the answer to that is they can't and uh, so so what do they do which way do they go rick instead of focusing on the two teams that voted no were you surprised that it was only two teams that voted no on the proposed comeback parameters were you expecting yeah, more you know but but um you know what i I think that there were there were a lot of asterisks around that. I mean, I, there, you know, there was a lot of Joe Smith did some did a story today, or somebody did a story today. I can't remember who from the Athletic, and about the, uh, I think it was Sarah actually, sitting. and um, you know, there, there were they weren't just saying no to the 2014 tournament. They weren't just saying no to the plan. You know, there were a lot of there were no's to a lot of things there. There were there were a lot of things to consider. Um, so until I really know what that player vote looked like and, and why they voted that way. I'm not really ready to to be surprised one way or the other. I guess I guess any time you get um, anybody in the league to agree uh, unanimously, that's an amazing thing. So I guess I'm not surprised that there were two con- uh, dissenting on whatever the heck they were actually voting. Uh, but but I'm not. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> You mentioned earlier, uh, we, we talked about this earlier on the podcast because we talk Raiders every single week, no matter what, in pandemic or not, um, if, if they're going to play Henrik Lundqvist or not. And as a, as a writer yourself, is that a dream article to write? Like, you can finally write about something fun, like if it's going to be Igor or yeah. Henrik again? Like, because we really don't yeah. know. Henrik has such a good history against, of owning the Carolina Hurricanes. And in this case, uh, Igor is probably going to be the starter. It's such a strange and interesting predicament. Yeah, you know, it was it was fun and it was really easy to write too because <laughs> because yeah, I mean you know it would be it would be a storybook for Henry to go in and, and win a playoff series, maybe get a chance to play a second playoff series, maybe maybe even go farther than that, uh, chase that dream one last time, um, and, and, you know a guy who never even got a chance to say goodbye to when the season ended, <laughs> never hadn't played at all, so you know that was an easy story to write, but but the easy answer of course is that. You're in a play-in series. This is not, uh, you know, people are saying there should be an asterisk after the Stanley Cup is awarded. Well, that's not going to happen, and it shouldn't be. If this this cup's going to be harder to win than any of them. So, you know, this is a it's a real deal. So if you're going into this play-in and then you're going into the playoffs, you go with your number one goalie, <laughs> and it's pretty clear who their number one goalie is. And he's, he's a 24 year old kid, 24 um, year old rookie, I might add, and. Uh, so, so I don't think there's any real discussion unless the kid comes back and he really stinks it up in camp and Henrik comes in and somehow blows everybody's doors in in camp. But I, you know, how, you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you win a playoff number one goalie battle in practices and scrimmages? That's, you know, it's not likely to happen. Rick, do you th- assuming for a second that the Red Wings or the Senators or any of those teams weren't ever going to make this playoff format. Could you have envisioned a more perfect round one opponent for the Rangers than the Carolina Hurricanes? <laughs> you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and there's no explanation for it, really. I mean, yes, Henrik has been great against them, but they've but they've beaten them like a drum. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's just been Henrik. And this year he did have three pretty fantastic games against them. But, you know, the last game they played them, they beat them up and down. And and Carolina was thought to be a pretty good team at that point. And it might have been one of the Rangers' best games of the season, and it was Shesterkin. So all those things, you know, piled on says the Rangers are, Rangers beat this team every way possible for since 2011. And you tell me why. I don't know why. Um, I know that, you know, I was on uh, – radio down there last, just before the last meeting, and they were asking me, why is it? Why do the Rangers beat them all the time? I have no answer for that. Um, the Rangers beat them when the Rangers were really good and Carolina stunk, and the Rangers have beaten them since Carolina's been fairly good and the Rangers have stunk. So, uh, 
but no, you couldn't find a better opponent for them, I don't think. Um, if you think about it, if they just went by points and or you know regulation wins, et cetera, the Rangers would have been up one in the seeding and would have been playing the Islanders. So, uh, you know, I think this points percentage thing works out in their favor. They play Carolina. Now, the only negative here is that the Rangers own Carolina's first-round pick. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so somebody's going to somebody's advancing. You know, so that would have been, you know, the ideal thing would be if they're not going to win, if the Rangers aren't going to win this series, that Carolina would also go out in the in the, in the play-in, and the Rangers would get two earlier first-round picks. Um, so that so one of those teams is going to advance, so one of those picks is going to be a little later. But other than that, it, you know, as you said, it's it's a perfect perfect matchup for them. Do you already have the Brady Shea revenge tour article <laughs> written and stashed yeah. and ready to go? Yeah, you know, I don't think I think Brady's been pretty, not to be honest, pretty brutal for two years, and. But you know he'll score two goals in this series. One of no them will doubt be about a it. big one. One, do you, you know, that's just the way it is. And I've, I've become this is this is the thing that surprises me personally about myself, is that I've become one who has these things ingrained in his head now to think the way the Ranger fan thinks. Because Ranger fans know he's going to score a huge goal, you know. And I would never in the past have said, oh, "Come on, Chip Brady Shea's not going to score." But now I think like you guys think like. This is, it's going to happen because it always happens. Oh, Rick, and, uh, it happens every goddamn time. It, no matter who it is, if a game. former Ranger comes every, back, every, they score. It's it's a lock. Game. Yeah. Like, this year, every, for example, like, this year with Jimmy Howard, like, who just owns the fucking Rangers at MSG, like, have for years. When he didn't do that, I was shocked for, like, a week. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> he lost right. at MSG? Right. He's amazing. It's just ra- these Ranger traditions that never get broken. Right. Reformer Rangers just score. Right. Brady Shea will score. Oh, 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 it's over the year. I mean, Anthony Duclair. I, you know, remember Lee Stempniak when I he was, came back? Yes. Lee Stempniak. Come on. So, so I'm now conditioned to think like you guys think, where it's inevitable just because it always happens. You know, I don't believe in luck or jinx or anything, but I, I think it's inevitable just because it always happens. Yeah, and it's not even like small sample size. I, you know, if we go back, I swear it's every single time like someone comes back. Like I think the first time Ryan McDonough came back, he scored. Like it's just, it just always happens like that. Dan Girardi scored against us on the Lightning, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's yeah, a yeah. absolute lock. Just it is. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I I've been asking this question all day: Is COVID an upper or lower body injury? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Because they're not going to say yeah, they're not going to say it's what it really is, right? No, they're not. They're going to say I it's think, out. I think I, I think in this case, uh, I think in this case, they're going to probably have to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, think all, I think all teams, you know, and you know, I, a, you, you could joke about it, but what the hell happens when that when that does occur? You know, when somebody gets this damn thing. What ha- what happens to the league? What happens to the playoffs? What happens to everything? Um, and God forbid it it's serious. Um, you know, I, I really fear that something will happen, and I don't know how they will react. I'm sure that they've talked about it because I'm sure that you know, in in being so thorough in covering every single base before we come back, uh, the league has considered that the possibility of somebody getting this thing. Um, and it's probably relatively likely. I mean, there's, there's certainly a chance. And then what the hell happened? And that, to me, is really scary. Uh, you know, it scares the crap out of me. Right, because it's, it's not like – so the league that a lot of people try to use now is the Bundesliga because it's the first big professional sports league that comes back. But all they're doing is, with German soccer, all you have to do is complete the regular season. There is no playoffs. So if a player tests positive – the entire team shuts down. The team doesn't play for at least a week, and the game gets added on to the end of the calendar. Basically, their season just gets extended another week. It's not exactly right. like you can do that with the playoffs. You, if a team, right. if a player tests positive in the middle of a play-in three-game series, you can't just pause that one three-game series, let everything else continue, and then if time allows it, you continue that series. So right. it's it it's. Hard to even fathom what the hell would happen. Right, but and but not to mention that. But then, how do his teammates, you know, react when somebody tests positive in your locker room? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with their families? How do you deal with, 
you know, the personal issue of having this thing or potentially having it. You know, I know they're going to test and I know they're taking all these precautions, but, you know, <laughs> you, you, they're going to lay out ground rules like no hugging after goals and stuff. Do you really think the players are not going to hug after they score a goal? Like, I watched Tiger Woods and, and Phil Mickelson and, and the two quarterbacks yesterday, and they couldn't stop themselves from high-fiving. Like, they really got close to high-fiving a couple times, and at the end they actually did high-five. And, like, that's that's golf. That, that should be the easiest, right? Mm-hmm. Mika Zibanejad scores a goal on, on the first in the first playoff game. They're not going to mob him? or They're not going to go back to the bench and they're not going to bang gloves again? You know, this this thing is really likely to be dangerous, Um even on, even just sitting next to each other on the bench, you're not separated there. There's barely room for 18 players on the bench. And what do you do? What you know? What do you do? And um, are they going to ban fighting like baseball has? Are they going to ban uh, any? Are they going to everybody going to wear a face shield? Uh, you know, it's going to happen. And there's a, there's a really good chance that somebody's going to get this thing. And it scares the crap out of me. It, it should. Uh, I had it. It's not fun, and I'm a relative. Yeah. I'm not an. I'm not a pro athlete, but I would say I'm a relatively healthy 30 year old, and it kicked my ass for three weeks. Period. End yeah. of story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has has this, Have they talked to you how you're going to do reporting when this happens? Like, will you be wearing full yeah. gear? Like, any of that so far? Well, the first part of the protocol was no media, so that that oh, never mind. Solved that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have post post game zooms with some of the players. You know, that might be a way to go. Yeah, that's um, actually a good idea. But I, yeah, I mean, most I would imagine most outlets are not going to travel. I imagine there's probably not going to be any access in the locker room mm-hmm. <clears throat> when just before just before the pause, we were having post game. Um, you know, at at the podium, they yep. bring in two guys or. And then that stunk. So I mean, you know, I mean, it was legit and a good reason to do it, but it stunk for us. You know, I would think that they might do a Zoom post game or, or quote sheets or something. You know, I don't know. Again, it's a huge unknown. And I actually, frankly, am not thrilled about having to go to a city and stay there for as long as they're playing. I don't blame you, Greg. You know, <laughs> so. Um, but I would. I mean, if that you know, if that was my job and I had access, I, you know, I would certainly do it. But wouldn't be thrilled about it. And uh, I, I, don't, I can't see them allowing mass media at these things. Rick, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit here. Oh, fun. Can you explain to me why everyone in the NHL is fucking afraid of Carey Price? No. They should be begging to play that team. They should be lining up to play that team. Like, you know what you talked about. You talked about Hurricanes being a perfect opponent. Well, how how easy is Montreal going to be for a top team? I mean, that, that's not a good team. And, and Carey Price, I don't know. His playoff record is what? I mean, how how he's been in the well, he's never round made a Stanley Cup times. final. I know that. No, no, and he and he made the third round one time and got hurt in the in the first first game of that third round, and we remember that. Of course, it was an accidental accidentally on purpose thrown over by Chris Kreider. Um, <laughs> Trip, he was that. tripped. He was tripped. Everyone knows. It's true. I say that. I say that jokingly because that's what they said. Was oh, they don't. They don't say accidentally. They just say on purpose. Yeah, they say on purpose. Well, the players, but I mean, the Canadians said that. The press said that. It was Got accidentally it. on purpose. Uh, uh, yeah, but but yeah, that was that was a bunch of garbage too. But Carey Price, did, to me, there's nothing to be afraid of. He's a very good goalie. Uh, is he is he better than Braden Holtby at this time? Possibly is he better than you know some of the other guys? Is he better than Fasiliev? No, no. Um, so I, I don't get this whole thing. Uh, I, I would, if I were Pittsburgh, or not Pittsburgh, if I were Washington or Boston, I would be very happy to play Montreal anytime they want, any day, anywhere. And uh, and, I, and that's not disrespectful. Tomorrow, oh, maybe it's disrespectful. Oh, no, it is. It's okay. But they're, but they're not. They're not. It's not a team anybody should fear. I don't care who's in goal. We love Montreal yeah, just, as a city, like both of us. We have all oh, the respect absolutely. in the world of Montreal, one of our favorite places on earth. But the yeah, they, yeah. no way, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. it's yeah. not a good like. Even if Carey Price, even if I were to be very nice to Carey Price and admit that he's a decent to good goalie, which isn't lying, he's not a goalie that's going to carry a bad hockey team 
in a short or long playoff series. Carey Price is good enough to make a bad hockey team 12th in the Eastern Conference. That's about as good as Carey Price is, which is why the Montreal Canadiens are what they are. It just blew my mind hearing all the rhetoric coming out of um, back-channel communication, Elliot Friedman and the like, saying that Pittsburgh didn't want to play Montreal because of Carey Price. Are you kidding me? You have Sidney Crosby, Denny Malkin, and a good hockey team. You should be begging to play a bad hockey team to get your game back under your feet. I couldn't stand it. I still can't stand it. And look, and look at it, look, look at Henrik's career. Okay, when he had a good team, he went three rounds, four rounds, three rounds. You know, he'd had some pretty good success there. He had amazing game seven numbers, amazing elimination game numbers. He did some incredible things. But when he was on that crappy team in sixteen and a crappy team in seventeen, and he was on a crappy team before two thousand nine, he didn't. He couldn't get him past anybody. He, you know, he wasn't scaring anybody there's not a goalie in the league that's dominic hashik right now um and you know that's that kind of dominant where you fear that your team's not going to be able to beat that team because their goalie is so good um i don't i'm sorry i don't see it and also we've seen over the years quite a quite a number of guys who are good goalies but not certainly not hashik like or brodeur like who've won stanley cups you know, yeah, I think Matt, that I think the goalie thing is overblown, right? And mm-hmm. twice, Jonathan Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Crawford. So, yeah, <laughs> keep going. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can, you can keep, you know, Mike Vernon and and you know, Mike Vernon. They're talking about as a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, okay, but you know, it it's not it's not like that anymore. And and if, if it were, Carey Price still is not on top of that list. It's very true. Um, is there any team you expect to just come out of this tournament? Just is there? Is do you still think there's a favorite? Like, do you still think the Bruins or the Lightning are like just favorite to win in this tournament, or is it really just a classic hockey tournament where an eight seed like the Kings, uh, when they ended up beating us, could just go ahead and roll this thing? Because we don't know how many how these teams are going to be. We don't know if people are in shape. We don't really know anything. We actually don't even know if some of the European yeah. players are going to make it back. Like I saw that the Rangers have five players with work visa visas expiring, which I'm sure they'll figure out by the time hockey's being played. But there's just so much up in the air here. Like, are these guys in shape? We don't really even know. Yeah, we don't. And there's certainly no nobody on a roll because nobody's played for months. Um, yeah, it, it's, like I said, I think this is going to be the hardest one to ever win because because of all that. Now, that said, you know, here's another interesting thing. The, the good teams always have, not always, the good teams have historically had their most trouble in early rounds, the first round especially. Um, you know, when you look at Tampa last year, and you, and it goes on, you know, through history, that the first round, there's always some casualties, um, or at least it seems that there are always some, some top casualties. Well, now these now some of these teams are going to get a bye. <laughs> so does that help them? Right. Does that hurt them? Uh you know they're going to play some really relatively meaningless games, and unless those games are for seeding, but even then, you know teams aren't going to go balls to the wall for a seeding. Um, I don't. There's no way of knowing how these teams are going to react once the puck's dropped, and uh, it you know it's wide open. It, it, there's always been for for years now this feeling that anybody gets in can win, and I, I don't think it's ever been more so than this year because of the circumstances. Well, yeah, be- I, one, of, one of the complaints that I think is completely warranted, I, like, I, I have no gripe with either the Canes or the Lightning voting no, but the Lightning point made a ton of sense to me. I, just, I don't know how if you're one of the top four teams and you're playing for seeding, how that's any kind of advantage or true competition. I don't know who's going to go out in those games and play balls out to get right. lock up home field up there's there's not even going to be home ice it's not like he's it's not like if tampa wins the one seed that they get to play all their games in tampa like it's i i don't understand how there's any incentive for those four teams to go out there and do anything besides run through the motions for three games until the other series are determined i agree i I think it's going to be pretty much preseason for them you know let's get let's work on systems let's work on things and and these games really don't mean anything if we lose. So what? And you and you're right. There's no. I mean, there's never home ice advantage anyway, <laughs> really in the playoffs. Yeah. But but now there's now there's no 
incentive to even play at home, um, to play, you know, theoretically, quote, air quotes, at home. Um, so, and there's no fans, so they're all going to be in the hotels, they're all going to be uh, away from society, pretty much. There's nothing to play for, you know, unless somebody really doesn't want to play this team or really does want to play this team. Uh, and Carey Price, we just went over that. There's <laughs> not, is not, uh, there's no reason for them to go all out in a, in whatever the hell they want to call that round. That's very so, strange. It's just a weird that they're yeah. even doing it, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. But you, you know, I I also see where they have to play games. Like they can't go into the playoffs without playing games, or they shouldn't have to go into the playoffs without playing games while other teams are playing. Yeah, well, if you get hot, I mean, and I, they're not going to play nearly as hard. It's just such a strange. It, yeah. it is. It is like you said. It's it's an asterisk year, but it's the hardest asterisk year possible. That's just the, the situation is right. going to be. Um, right. I know you, this this answer could likely just be very much no. But have you heard anything about the European Rangers and if they're going to have any issues coming back, or like if, if Kako is coming back uh, during this, or Mika Spinajad? Yeah, no. Like nothing. I'm assuming. No, no, they're really, they're really keeping it quiet, and they're not saying much until. Especially the Rangers, they're you know they're they're really they're quiet as I, I don't blame them. They're playing it close to the vest until they until they know, and they don't have answers because they don't know what the questions are. Really, in a lot of cases, um, you know, if they, if they're not going to start till June fifteenth or June twenty fifth, training camp, who you know, then there's no reason to worry about it now. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that they're behind the scenes they're working on getting everybody over here and they're doing what's necessary, or what they can do. But uh, there's really, it's really quiet. There's not a lot of information because there's not a lot that they know. Uh, I'm going to ask you a, a future question. This is, uh, again, a little interesting. Obviously, there's been some things happen financially uh, with the NHL, and the Rangers are going to be in a tough spot in the coming years, especially next year when they're under a, pretty much a cap crunch. We don't know if the cap's going down yet. We don't even know when the draft is. Do you see a, a okay. particular player being a casualty of that? And if so, why is it Ryan Strom? that's who it is, right? I mean, that's probably who it is because, you know, I mean, it could be Tony D'Angelo, but I, they really like him. They really like what he's done. Um, the coach likes him. That, you know, it, it, it could be him. There, there's, there are business considerations, and, you know, and then there's the, you know, the Henrik Lundqvist elephant in the room. Um, mm-hmm. If the cap goes down and you buy out Henrik, you know, can you get, can you get by there? Uh, how much does it go down? It, Again, there's there's so much that has to be determined here. But I think if you know if the cap were what everybody thought it was going to be, they'd be okay. They'd be you know they'd be okay. But now they're going to have to make at least one difficult decision. And I agree with you that it's Ryan Strom because you know Filipinos should be ready to to go play a second line center. And uh, you know there are guys who are coming. Uh, and they are still rebuilding. Let's not, you know, let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. But, but they like Strom. I mean, you know, the coach likes him. The players, the teammates love him. Um, we had him on. He was incredibly likable. Like we, oh, he's amazing. Yeah, we didn't. We, before we had him on, we were like, I don't know, bridging Strom seems like a good, good deal. And then we hung up, and we were like, okay, five years is fine. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. how it yeah, went. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I was telling him he should, he should go into the locker room one night and say, not tonight, boys. I'm not talking tonight, you know, because he's always just the opposite. He'll, he'll talk, talk a dog off a meat wagon, and he's, <laughs> a, he's a tremendous guy. You know, he's yeah. a really good guy, and, and, he, and he's smart. He's really smart. He, he says the right things, but he's not afraid to say some things. And uh, I'd, I'd hate to see him go personally, but I do, I do think that if they're really crunched, they, that he's the guy who has to go, and uh, you know, that, that's, that's a blow. I think that's a blow. Rick, speaking of speaking of blows, I mean, obviously, whenever they decide to have the draft, it's going to be cockamamie and unlike anything we've ever seen before anyway. Does it hurt the Rangers more for not being able to trade during the draft if they put a hold on all transactions? Did you think the Rangers were going to make two first-round draft picks before the shutdown? I did. I, I kind of did because I don't think they're going to get – they're going to be able to jump that high if they trade their two for one. Um, but they could trade one of them for something else, and that and that's still a possibility. 
Um, I, you know, I, I think that they're at the point now where they don't need to draft two guys, two guys in the first round, but they did trade, they did trade a guy who meant a lot to the team. Um, albeit one who struggled, uh, especially struggled in that first pair role, uh, where he didn't belong. But, um, I don't, you know, I don't know if they were going to go try to try to move up a considerable amount with the two picks. So, uh, but you know, with Jeff Gordon, the one thing I know about him is that he's thorough, and I'm sure that any and every stone is being turned over, and probably turned over a couple times, and anything's possible with that pick, with either of those picks, or with both of them, and that'll still be the case at once the draft arrives. But he'll have to move a lot quicker probably if there's a freeze right up to it. I guess my last question of the day, and it's something I'm still thinking about. Uh, we're about a month away from July 1st, and that's when Jacob Truba's no-move clause kicks in. Has that ever been discussed? Uh, or is that uh, have they even considered um, possibly moving Truba because after a, of a rocky first year? Yeah, well, again, Gordon considers everything. I mean, there, there's nothing that he doesn't do. Um, but I think that they believe that this was a, a, a getting adjusted year for him, a, a year where he really didn't have a partner, and he has to have one eventually. Um, and they and that they still think, and you know the reason they traded a first firm and the reason that they signed him to those numbers and gave him the no trade clause was that they think this is the kind of guy you have to have to win. That this is the kind of uh, you know hybrid defenseman. Who's, who's tough, who has some offensive skill, who defends, and that, that you need to win, and that they don't have. They really don't have that guy. Um, and, and they haven't had that guy in a while. I mean, Ryan McDonough, you know, was supposed to be that guy, but um, and he was for a while. Uh, they, they don't have that those characteristics in a defenseman. And I think they still believe that he's going to be a guy who, when they're ready to win, is going to be a really critical piece for them. So uh, I don't think they're looking to shop him. But as I said, uh, Gordon Gordon will consider anything. Rick, just to piggyback off that, and then we'll let you go. Do you see any circumstance where the Rangers would ever want to play either Adam Fox or Tony D'Angelo next to Jacob Truba, regardless of handedness defensively? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I. Don't, I mean, I don't think Adam Fox. Um, I think they like Adam where he is. Uh, he'll probably get more play, more power play time as he goes along. He's a tremendous player. I don't think you want to mess with him playing left side or have Truba playing left side. And I also don't think that he's kind of what what Truba needs. I think I think or not or Truba's not what he needs. I think he needs a Ryan Lindgren, and he should have a Ryan Lindgren. He should have, you know, his Jeff Bukaboom, so to speak, and his Olf Danielson, so to speak. You know, Brian Leach won two Norrises with those guys. He needs that kind of defenseman. And I think D'Angelo would make a little more sense in that he ha- he can play left side and uh, and he's more of a go 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 guy. I think they they think that Fox will even get better defensively. I'm not sure that D'Angelo will get better defensively. Um, but the, but D'Angelo, man, he turned into a heck of an offensive player. Uh, but I honestly honestly don't think that that is the eventual answer for this team. I think eventually that left defenseman is going to come from one of the 150 left-handed defensemen they have coming up the next couple of years or from a trade. And, uh, you know, we did a, we did a fun, I'm not sure if I should even be talking about this, but we did a fun draft, um, for a story in the athletic coming up, um, where you could pick guys from other teams, from the non-playoff teams. You pick one guy from the non-playoff teams. And to go for the, in, in, to have in the playoffs with no consideration to salary or age or anything, and uh, I picked the left defenseman. <laughs> so I won't tell you who, or, but I mean, I I thought that's what they really if they're really going to go anywhere in the playoffs, more than a center, more than a scoring winger, they need a first pair left defenseman, and uh, I think that in reality is what they need when they're ready to turn the corner. They're going to have to have that.
That's what we call a great tease in the business, Rick. Good job. Just quickly Googling to see what stick side Eric Carlson plays okay. with. <laughs> it's not that it's not that one. Okay. It's not well, and anyway, well, the Rangers did and anyway, I'll give you one more hint. The Rangers didn't get him because he was already gone. Got it. So, All right. Well, <laughs> Rick, we'll look, we'll look forward to that article. You can follow Rick uh, on Twitter, of course, and also read him at The Athletic. Uh, Rick Carpinello, thanks so much for joining us. We're also leaving, too, so we're going to also sign off. Uh, did it all in one shot today. Uh, you can follow me at Orion Mead. Uh, you can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back next week. Rick, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon, my man. Always a pleasure, boys. Be good. Be safe. Right, you, too. This episode of Blue Shirts Break is brought to you by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing, trailblazing event, a big virtual climb sponsored by AbbVie to support their investment in groundbreaking research.